Well, hello everybody, you're not live with the Little Man Talk Show. We are back, and this is your boy Al. And this is Kevin. Happy to be here, man. And this is Jennifer. I'm happy to be back. We are back live. We back in it. Been gone for a minute, now we back. Been gone for a minute, now we back. Most definitely. We just missing one person. He should be in the studio coming up pretty soon. That's our man, Mr. Nick Eden. I can't do his uh, little intro like he normally do. You know how he do. This is Nick. <laughs> can't sound like that. Man, I'm so happy to be back, man. What's up with y'all, man? It's like it's like it's like it's like a long, long awaited family reunion right here. What's going on, people? Oh man, just man. A lot has been done since the last time we have met at the show. I'm so tired. Literally. Tired, man. Tired. I'm happy. We back. Me too. It's a new year, um, fresh start. Like a lot of things that's been going on. I know, like in my life, I know you guys' life, and just like just not us, like just in the world in general. It's just yeah. a lot has happened this year oh, in a short period of time. Well, you know one thing. I would love to send a big thank you and appreciation to everybody that stuck with us throughout the years of us doing these shows. Um, I, I would like to thank everybody that stuck with us with the hiatus we just took. Man, you know, from our man Charlie Braxton, um, um, you know, and, and, and Dub G and, and Felt Five, and you know, our man Caneva uh, Man. Uh, everybody, everybody, everybody that supported us, man. We thank you from the bottom of my I know I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I know that. Well, yeah, we I do just want to appreciate everybody, man. You know, I don't want to listen on names because you forget people's names. Like, Why do you call my name out? Well, I, I will say this. If I forgot your name right now, much love to you. They know who they are. They know who they are. They've been supporting us for three years, man, and a quarter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and what I'm saying? Yeah. And thank you also to the people who log on the Blog Talk and listen to the, our archive shows and become a fan, you know, um, you know, whether they start out from the beginning or came on, you know, during the end or somewhere in the middle, but there's a lot of people, you know, that always show us love. They love going back and listening to our old shows and, right. you know, and I just, to our to our new fans and everyone out here that, you know, listens to our show, we really appreciate you. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I feel high, very high. Uh, even, you know, our shows back in 2010, I downloaded, like, like people are still downloading those shows and listening to them, we definitely appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Man, you know, since we've been gone, man, I think I've grown as a person, grown as a host, grown as a man, father, husband, the whole nine. Um, I know, you know, we, we people out there, you know, out there on the air listening to us right now, you know, y'all may not realize, man, we, we're a little tight-knit group of, you know, people, and uh, we got a lot of love for each other, and, you know, we fight. We make up, yep. we fall out, we make up, we kiss and love each other, and we make up. You know how it go. But we I ain't back. doing all that now. I ain't doing, I ain't yeah, doing no. all that now. You know, yeah. like the kiss and the hug. No. <laughs> I'm talking about a cousinly hug, like, man. you know, that church hug and, and that, that air kiss. I ain't talking about physically kissing on y'all. No, 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 no. High five and handshake. That's what we do over here. Oh Lord! You know, I have to make sure there's no incestual, you know, inclination, you know, like about the whole thing. But no, we love each other. We're brothers and sisters, cousins, friends, all that, you know, in between. And so, and and our we we view our viewers and our listeners that way too. Like you know, a lot of them are family too. You know, they call in every week. They give their opinions. You know, that's important to us. Mhm. Yeah, most definitely. But you know, um, I mean, man, what we're gonna do tonight? We got some things that we want to definitely cover with you guys. Cover with everybody that's out there and listening to us tonight. There's a lot of things that we didn't get the opportunity to talk to you about. A whole lot of things. I mean, me and Air called each other. Man, we should have been doing this on the show. Man, we should have talked about this. But hey, yeah. we did talk to most each other with a lot of this stuff, and some of it we didn't. So what we're going to do with you guys tonight, we're going to present you some of the things that we noticed and wanted to talk about since we've been gone. 
You know what I'm saying? Since we've been gone, there's a lot of things that happen from politics to yep. entertainment yep. to love to hate to war to everything else. And we're going to get that in tonight. Now, yes, this is only our show tonight, but guess what? We got a jam packed for you. And I want to send. A, I want to say this to all our people out there that's, that are independent artists. Check this out. This is what we're gonna do. I know you guys have noticed that we've been playing a lot of mainstream artists over the period of time that we've been doing this show. You know, just set the mood of the show and the tempo of the show. So what we're gonna do from now on, to all my independent artists out there. Hit us up at wearethemiddlemen at gmail.com with your records. Please make sure that they're clean. That's at wearethemiddlemen at gmail.com. Um, we're going to start playing independence only. Yes, I said it. Independent artists only. We want your records. R&B, whatever it is. Country, I don't care. If you're independent, we definitely want to deal with you. Uh, I see we got our man Nick Eaton just popped in. Man, what's up, dude? Yes, sir. What's happening? Looking cleaner than a a bowl of chitlins. <laughs> a bowl of what? Chitlins. Ain't nothing clean about chitlins. Did you know that's what pigs poop? <laughs> Nick here sounded like the Miami Heat court. Yeah. Hey, y'all can see this boy right now. He's so clean right now. What's happening? I guess you had to get that ensemble together, huh? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Nick, man, let everybody know what you've been doing since we've been gone. What you talking about? It's only been a week? Yeah, it do feel like only a week, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, staying focused, man. Still on my grind, uh, of course, with SoulTrain.com. Um, getting ready to... Relaunch rmblover.com and uh, and I finished my album, Soul Reloaded, um, coming out pretty soon and actually I, I might have a big announcement in the coming weeks about that. Cool. And, and you know yeah, what? I, I, I want to say is it, it's a it's a it's a very um, best way to say it, it's a very a very universal announcement. Oh wow. Well, you know what, man? You you got a single off that thing right there. You know, you got a, a you got a single that you know people might want to hear. Oh, you yes, got a record sir. that you want to try to tell everybody to make sure they listen to. Oh yeah, and that is let's chill. Oh, uh, what? Oh, what? We groove on a on Neil Soul spin on a classic uh, guy song. So been getting a lot of positive feedback. Uh, been added to a couple of uh, radio stations. Shout out to. WKXN in Montgomery, Alabama, and uh, WJZD down on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. So, um, we're working, man. We're working. Well, guess what, Nick, man? You know, I, I know I stopped by there a couple weeks ago. And we had some barbecue and all that, even though it was snowing and cold and all that. Nick was on the grill, y'all. But check this out, man. You know, well, I was in your crib, man. I just noticed your hard drive sitting over there. And uh, I kind of got you for the record, man. And, you know, didn't want to let you, you see, know. see, this is how leaks happen. Well... This is a leak right here that's about to happen, and I'm about to let it run. Hey, <laughs> y'all make sure y'all keep tuning in to the middleman. We are back once again. We do appreciate y'all. Make sure y'all keep tuning in. And once we get past this break, I'm finna leak this record. I know Nick over here about to jump me and choke me and all this good stuff. But, hey, man, I think everybody need to hear this record, Nick. I'm finna play it. All right, man. All right, all right. There you go. This is Let's Chill with our man, co-host extraordinaire, Nick Keaton. Y'all check this out. You are listening to the Middleman, Middleman Radio. Going down, baby. Need for you to see this opportunity. 
dreaming kids. Baby, you and me ain't nothing that we can't win. Please believe in me, baby, we can take over the world. Just you and me, cause you're my favorite girl. Now, baby, take a minute, let me get up in your mental so I can show you places, things and faces It's essential for us to be the best To take the test that lovers have to Just let me prove my love will rise above So may I have this dance Just give me a chance Cause I'm a better man And I know that though I messed up I just need for you to see This opportunity
felt that the president wasn't, and I guess it, it's because we live in the South, but I truly felt like he wasn't going to be reelected. Yeah. But what do y'all think I, was the turning point that got him reelected? I don't think there was a turning point. I think that a lot of people out there, you know, truly are Nazis. I think the bad people, are, I'm going to call them bad people because I think they're bad people. I think the, this opposition is so loud that it makes it out like they're this big majority, minority when they're they're not. They, they, they're simply not. Most Americans do not want the agenda that the Republicans have put forth. America does not look how it looks. 50 years ago. It doesn't even look how it looked 20 years ago. The sure. scope of America has changed. The diversity of America has changed. And I think that this election brought attention that it's real. You know, that the Republican Party is going to have to pay more attention and, and reach out to people who aren't white middle aged men. Very true. Very true. What are your thoughts on that, Al? I mean, uh, typically with the whole situation, well, I like the debate. You know, of course, I felt President Obama really just tore Mick Romney a new butthole on the last debate. Some of the things which Mick Romney was talking about, <laughs> it just seemed like he was catching himself in, in, I guess you would say, in, I wouldn't call him lies, but deception from what he said the first time that he's going to go back and say something else. And President Obama just kept calling him out, calling him out on it. And then when I saw that, I was like, it's time. It's over. Yeah. President Obama, like, he was going to win. I mean, it was. It was over after that. Nick, what's up, man? What, what, what do you think about it? I have two things about this entire election that I, I, I think a lot of people missed, and honestly, I missed until it, until it was pointed out to me. The first thing, everybody went and judged by two things, and that was, one, the first debate. Now, Mitt Romney had been talking all of this and that and this and that, and when he got in that first debate, he put every one of his cards on the table. And just like the distinguished man that he is, President Obama sat back, he let him speak, he interrupted when need be. But after the first debate, Mitt Romney didn't have anything else to say. And Barack spent the next two debates tearing him apart. I thought that was great strategy. And it put, it put him in a position where he was once again the underdog. A lot of people treated him like the underdog the first time around, and he was the underdog again. They put him back in that position. The second thing that I don't think people realize, you can go by as many opinion polls. Let's be honest. How many people on this phone have been polled before when it comes to political election? Because I used to do the poll. I have. I have. Now? I can't say because I, I never, I mean, I, I don't know. No. Okay. Now that's you know, I don't add no one eight hundred call. <laughs> no, <I've> never, <laughs> no. But, and, and this this is coming from somebody who actually used to do the polls. I did the polls during um, the two thousand election. You can go by early polls, early opinions, whatever you want to say. It does not matter until you step up and place that vote. And when people stepped up and placed that vote, that's when it really accounted. Really and America yep. showed Washington D.C what they were about, and who they were for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think one reason why Jen and I were polled, I think we're probably two of the last black people in America with landlines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that might have something to do with Outside it. Outside of my grandma, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. That might have something to do with it, yeah. Most definitely. And, you know, just like, just me personally, that like Al was mentioning the first debate, man, it was like, it scared me because, I mean, yes, he was distinguished. Yes, he was on point with how he was coming across to the general public, but it's still the perception of him sitting back and let Romney just run rampant on him like, like, like you know, it was crazy. I don't think he that night. I, looking at him, that night that he had such a horrible night, it was a bad debate, and he kind of let him run over him. I, I don't think, looking at him, I don't think he felt good. And so, like, you know, he got one, he got a couple fingers. But, you know, he came back swinging. Well, I know this. Overall, our president was reelected. We got him in the office. But there's going to be some upcoming things we're going to have to talk about dealing with our president. Because, yes, I am expecting a lot out of him. And, you know, I, I think we definitely need to discuss that and, and talk about that with our, our people out there that's listening to us. Now, we're going to get into something else right now. Jim, what are some of the things that you noticed while we were gone? That 
we didn't get the chance to talk to our people about all our family. Oh, well, well, one of the things that um, has happened that is very important to me is gun control. Um, there, there has been an eruption of violence in America. Um, I, you know, I guess I don't know if it's a new thing, but it's just it has gotten a lot of attention. I know in Atlanta alone, like over the last couple of weeks, it seems like every other day some kid is bringing a gun to school or shooting themselves or shooting someone else. And we've had Sandy, you know, Hook and all the other places, you know, that are that had problems with guns this year. So. You know, I definitely wanted, you know, to talk about what's wrong with us. Like, what's going on with America and kids and guns? Yeah, that's something. That's, that is scary right there. Nick, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I, the gun control issue, um, one, let's be honest. Gun control, the, the problem with gun control is nothing new. Like, it's gotten a lot, a lot of national attention, um, of course, with the unfortunate happenings in Connecticut and Colorado. But the one thing I want people to realize about that is when it comes to those shootings, that was a feature that had all those assault rifles. And those were the the people where these massive attacks have been happening, those were legally purchased guns. It's not the illegal ones. Uh Now, don't get me wrong, when you have a situation in Chicago where you had 500 murders in 2012, then it's something that is also illegal gun control. But, I mean, it's just in general... It's not new. It hasn't been new. You know, murder capitals have switched from year to year. Remember when we were growing up and it was New Orleans. Now it's Chicago. You know, it's been D.C. It's been Miami. You get what I'm saying? So it's just right. I'm with the Chris Rock theory of just making the book, sending the price of bullets up. I would shoot you, but I can't afford it. (laughs) (laughs) That's a true statement. (laughs) For all our listeners out there, our phone lines are opening. Open. Uh, the number is seven one eight five zero eight nine nine seven two. If you would like to get into this conversation, um, Nick, uh, not Nick, but uh, Alan, man, what, what's your thought on this, man? Well, the Sandy Hook uh, situation was—it was just really strange for me uh, when I went back and just reviewed some of the tapes. You know, of course, I am a um, conspiracy theorist or whatever to a certain extent, but uh, some of the stuff that you know played out with the whole Sandy Hook situation—I mean. All of these things that, that has been happening with these school shootings has been going on since they've been bringing up the gun control issue. And it's just so, like, like obvious, you know, it's just, it's, just, it's, just, it's just weird to me how certain things happen when uh, politics come into play. Mm-hmm. And that's all I got to say about that because I don't want to get into too much in depth about it because I know they listen. But anyway. <laughs> Hey, man. Well, my thoughts on it is I work with a lot of people that are gun lovers. You know, they are gun, quote-unquote, gun enthusiasts. And, I mean, they they tell you straight up, man, y'all ain't going to take my gun. I'll die before you take my gun. And, you know, to a certain degree, man, I agree with the point of I should have the right to have a gun, period. Right. Now, I may be different in my thought process when it comes to a an assault rifle or something that can shoot multiple bullets, but a part of me, I'm not going to fret. If something goes down, I want to be able to... I want to let it loose. You know what I'm saying? So Man. I don't have a problem with assault weapons, but I do wholeheartedly agree that there should be more background checks. There should be more uh, uh, mental checks on people. Because, I mean, it's a lot of crazy people with guns. Thank you. Thank you. There's a lot of crazy people with guns, and they're mentally unstable. So those are the ones that really go off. Now, if a kid, if a kid like like recently here in Atlanta, Georgia, we just had, like, what, five shootings in, in the school oh, yeah. from college to elementary to, uh, to, to uh, middle, middle school. school. And it's like all those scenarios and cases were – dealt out of anger and ignorance. One little girl in high school that shot herself was ignorant. She wanted to show off a little pig, 38. The guy that shot the other guy at Morehouse was basically over a basketball game in anger. The other little kid was over anger also. Yeah. So, you know, but, I mean, it's crazy. My, my thing is, and I, I read a statistic today that 
said that black youth and teens accounted for 45% of all modern teen gun deaths in 2008 and 2009, but black teens and youth only make up 15% of the child population um, in America. What's disturbing about me was was statistics that alarming. Why are people so opposed to, because what what President Obama says is that he wants to tighten, you know, background checks and et cetera, et cetera. He doesn't want to take away anyone's guns. That that wasn't brought up at all. It's just that, you know, why do you need assault rifles, like, you know, machine guns? Like, why do people need those types of guns? And why are they opposed to getting, you know, background checks? I, I don't understand that. I, I can't wrap my head around this. Your friends know my rights, buddy. <laughs> That's what you can't wrap your head around. All right, man, we, we definitely want to keep it moving, man, because that's, that's a definitely, definite topic that we can, man, we probably could do a whole hour on that one right there. But, uh, Al, since we've been gone, what have you noticed? Well, one of the things which, you know, I, it's been it's been several things, but it, it was very hard to pinpoint, like, some things which I would want to discuss. So one of the things that I would say, uh, based off of my list would be uh, possibly um, the Lil Wayne Emmett Till comment. I mean, this has been fresh on everyone's minds. It's been um, most recent uh, with everyone that's been going on. The family has came out and said something about it. Um, you know, how much control, you know, do do our artists have on, you know, I guess you would say um, making a mockery of something that is prevalent in our history. Um, we all know Lil Wayne is known for his crazy metaphors and, and lines, whatever. But there's thousands of other things he could have said besides that Emmett Till comment in that particular song. Has he spoken yeah. about it? I haven't seen any videos. I haven't seen any uh, apologies. I haven't seen anyone from Cash Money Records come out to make a statement about that. Uh, my thing is, you know, what what's going to be next? Is somebody else going to stand up and say something about this or... It's just going to get swept under the rug like some of the other things that have been going on have been getting swept under the rug. What are your thoughts, Nick? Uh, well, you know me. I'm not a Lil Wayne fan at all. And quite frankly, he's been saying and doing things like this for years. And I think he just he finally went too far, and he's finally starting to get called on it. And it's just this, this is a culmination of things that he's been doing for years. He's been doing this type of stuff for years. And, and people are finally sick of it. So, you know, I guess it's one thing. Jamie Foxx uh, referred to it as the mist. You know, sometimes these celebrities, they're so hot, they have this mist around them where nothing, you know, everything that they do, it clouds people's judgment and they're okay with it. And I think he's losing that mist because, of course, no rapper has, you know, just that run at the top for an extensive amount of time unless you're, you know, someone on the level of a Tupac or a Jay-Z. You know, you get what I'm saying? Like, people right. who had long runs, you know, well after the, the height of it. You get what I'm saying? I think he's getting to that point now where people are just like, they're tired of it. They're tired of it. He went too far this time. He's got a tread light. He just had this other issue in Miami. Like, it's just people are tired of Lil Wayne. They are. And and people just aren't going to take it anymore. They're just not going to take just anything from him anymore. Jane, what what do you think about that Emmett Till? Or did you even catch that one? Yeah, it was on my Facebook. I, I posted up an article that Jada Pinkett um, actually has yeah. um, wrote uh-huh. about it. Um, yeah. But my thing is, is that, I, I don't know, I, I think that someone who has such a platform is, is, and so many kids misguidingly look up to him, I, I just think it's just, I think it calls attention to attention to a bigger issue that, People just, you know, we do have freedom of speech in this country, but with that freedom comes responsibility. And you just can't just go and say anything. And and I think it's sad that so many people are just irresponsible with their power, with their influence, and and they just say what they want. I I won't support him anymore. I, I can say I have been a fan of some of his songs, but his, you know, that lyric, it disgusts me because that's so sacred. And his, you know, Emmett Till's memory and the the situation surrounding it and the civil rights movement is so sacred as a people to, to right. disrespect it as even as a black person, even as an American, is unacceptable to me. And so we're all, 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 all
if I could play devil's advocate with this one right here, Jen, you did bring up freedom of speech. We've heard more ludicrous things from other rappers. I mean, we've heard things from, from, from you know, just entertainers, period. Comedians, well, I mean, what, what? Yeah, and we need to start calling people out on it. Yeah, I mean, I, mean exactly. you know, I understand, but I mean, there's a point they can go, but I mean, still at the same time, if it's expression, if it's art, is, is there a reason for them not to be able to say what they want to say in a record or, or, or in a, a comic stand-up? You know, I'm the first person to say I support the First Amendment. However, it comes with responsibility. I can't just go out and say oh, all the people and think that, you know, I, I don't want to take responsibility. I mean, he didn't say that, but, you know, like if, if I was to say that, I have to take responsibility about what my words mean and what kind of power they hold. You just can't go off saying things exactly. and not want to be responsible. Exactly. Even that, Eminem that. toned down on his content. If you remember that, there was a while Eminem was going so far, it was just like, I, I'm almost afraid to listen because I feel like I'm going to witness a murder through this CD. But even Eminem toned down his content when the pressure got on him. It's just like you have to have some sort of responsibility. And you're talking about a guy who has several children, one of which being a teenage daughter. Yes. Like, what happens yes. when one of these rappers are out there doing the same thing to his daughter? Then what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There true you go. Statement, true statement. Once again, our phone lines are open. The number to call is seven one eight five zero eight nine nine seven two. Nick, man, what are some of the things that you noticed or wanted us to talk about since we've been gone? Well, first and foremost, I don't want to come off insensitive when I talk about this. Um, we all know that um, last winter, um, winter storm Sandy um, hit late October two thousand twelve. And um, it, it tore into a lot of the East Coast, Midwest, Eastern Canada. Um, the first, first and foremost, you know, and I have a lot of people up in that area, especially in the New York area, and I sincerely hope that everybody who's still affected by it, you know, gets through it. But let's stop calling this a super strong, first and foremost. I have an issue with that. Three of the people, well, actually all four of us, all of our roots trace back to Mississippi. Three of the people grew up on this phone, grew up in Mississippi, one of which on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. We uh-huh. know what real hurricanes are. Oh, yeah. We have lived through real hurricanes. I lived through Hurricane Katrina. And I'm telling you right now, what Sandy was, was Sandy was a Category 3 hurricane that when it made landfall, it was Category 2. The problem is, you never had something like that hit a major city like New York. Right. right. And those things, that, and I'm just hoping that, and this is just my opinion, that now it will bring attention to the things that are still going on on the Mississippi Gulf Coast and in Louisiana. Because all these years later, it's still being affected by it. You know, I I hate that it had to happen like that, uh-huh. but it, there were a lot of people that I know personally from New York that were just like, oh, man, they made it out to be like, Hurricane Katrina was the worst thing. Yeah, it absolutely was. And now that you've got even a taste of what we dealt with, because I've lived through five hurricanes, now that you've got even a taste of what we've dealt with, I'm hoping, just hoping, that it changes people's perception on what goes on in areas that are affected horribly by natural disasters. Well, you know, one one of the things that kind of stood out to me about um, this Sandy Storm was the governor willing to work with the president. You know, a yeah. lot of people had issues with, you yep. know, uh, what's his name, uh, the governor of Jersey. I oh, Chris Christie. Chris Christie. Mm-hmm. They yeah. had, you know, everybody had a problem with this guy, man. Like, why is he taking the money, sitting up here smooching up with the president, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, man, when people hurting, you know, go help him. Just like you were saying with, with, with Katrina. We had to sit up there and watch George Bush fly over and be like, yeah, yeah, it looks pretty bad. Oh, oh let's go play golf. Right. You know what I'm saying? These, the president got on it. Chris Christie got on it. I don't like him well, for Chris Christie is gonna Chris Christie is gonna be the next president of the United States uh, if he runs. Yeah, so let he me is, tell you something, Kev. Let me tell you something, Kev. Chris Christie is a closet Democrat, and and a lot of people don't want to believe that he is a closet Democrat. He ain't gonna fit in too many closets. <laughs> but you know what? You were like Chris Christie, Kev. When I think the last time New Jersey had a disaster, he told those people, "Get your butts off the beach. I'm not coming to save you because we've already, you know, evacuated the city. We've provided provisions. You know, get, you know, he 
basically told, get your blankety blank, you know, out of New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he's no hoes bar. He is a closet Democrat. He just, he, I think he's a fiscal conservative, which is nothing wrong with that. But he's a closet Democrat um, as far as, you know, his morals and ethics and, you know, right. how he sees the world. But well, Al, what do you was, think was, about was, the whole Sandy song? What did you get out of that? I mean, well, I want to go back to Chris Christie. I mean, it was so, um, it was like he had a slap in the face from what he said at the uh, Republican, um, whatever, convention. The Republican convention, and then, yeah. Next thing you know, he's hugging President Barack Obama, thanking him for his assistance, crying, you know, because he came immediately after he said all those things, all those negative things about him. You know, and people sometimes, I guess, in order for them to see or to actually see someone who's actually doing something correct or trying to help them, something has to happen to them to help them see the light. And this happened, you know, to this to this governor. Like, it wasn't, what, maybe a month or two later, like, this happened after he made those comments? True. I mean, was, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't like ugly. Like like, yeah, I mean, it was just crazy how, how it happened. Like, I've never heard or seen... Chris Christie ever before in my life until the Republican convention. And then next thing you know, here he is, you know, hugging President Barack Obama after he made those negative comments. God don't like ugly, man. Mm-hmm. Nick, what is your what is your thoughts on it, man? Well, it is. Uh, it was, yeah, it is. It was, it, was my, it, was, it was my topic. What are your thoughts on it, Gail? Ah! 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 <laughs> well, you know, like, like I was harping on, man, you know, with him being, you know, Chilling with the president like that, you know, and also another thing too, man, all these monies that we sent to these organizations like Red Cross and all these different relief uh, uh, companies, they, they got to do better, man. Where's, I mean, I need to do some research to find out how much of this money really going to these people because just like you said, Nick, with Katrina, you look much later, they still up there trying to clean that crap up. Where's the money? Well, let me say this. I, I will say this, you know, I, I, I'm not speaking for FEMA, but I can, from personal experience, I can speak for the Red Cross. The Red Cross was there from day one. They were helping out. They were give, they were giving money. They were relocating people. They were finding people's job, finding people jobs. When we were down there, the, a Red Cross truck was going through every neighborhood every day. They were giving us meals. Like the American Red Cross stepped in where FEMA fell. Mm-hmm. They really did. So I can honestly say, and that's even when everything happened with, you know, Winter Storm Sandy, that's where I sent my money because I knew that the American Red Cross was going to put it in the right place. I can't speak to FEMA. I'm sorry. You know, FEMA put everything on the SBA, and when the SBA said no, then FEMA decided to cut checks. But the American Red Cross. FEMA just has a lot of red tape, I think, to go through. Like, you know, a lot of chiefs, no Indians. I think that's what well, happens with them. They could take a cue from the Red Cross. They could take because the Red Cross was really on it, and, and from my understanding, it was the exact same situation in New York. Well, Jenny, um, yeah, I agree. Well, I guess, I guess with the Red Top, Red uh, Cross, I guess they're doing their thing. I don't know. I just noticed it. Just always feel like even dealing with Haiti. You know, where where it's just like it always feels like people are getting slighted by the monies from these particular yeah. organizations. You know, it's like they may put a small percentage to them, but not the bulk of money. They're getting that's millions right. and millions and millions that's of dollars, right. man. That's right. That's, that's right. how that's I'm looking. Right. You know, if, if if Haiti still tow up and it's what two years later, something wrong. I think what America needs, what you know, disasters like this says to me. Is call my city and what is your plan? Like, what is your disaster plan? Because when stuff like this happens, why does it take so long for people to get organized? Why don't you have, like, a plan and immediately you go into action? Like, why do you have months and months of, like, like you said, still having, you know, areas that aren't cleaned up? You still have, like, what what is your city's, like, plan if there was, like, a natural disaster or if there was a, a terrorist attack? Or what what is your city's plan of action if that was, you know, to happen? I don't think a lot of cities have a sufficient one. Because, you it's know, they, they, until something happens. It's called FEMA. It's called, you know, your elected officials are supposed to have a plan. Yeah. Well, Jen, what what, what are some of them? Let's, let's keep these topics going, Jen. Let's get another. What's another topic from you, Jen? 
I want to talk about the Boy Scouts of America and it's, you know, alleging things, you know, debating whether they're going to lift the, lift the ban on um, gay members and gay scout leaders. Oh. Ah. Well, hey, so what I, do go, you I, want, I definitely want to talk about this. Go ahead, Jean. <laughs> well, you know, I really went back and forth with this because, you know, as you know, I have a lot of gay friends, family, you know, people that, you know, I consider very close to me. And would I allow them around my own child? I, I would, some of them. But I also, mm. on the other hand, know that there are a lot of sexual predators, and gay does not equal equate, to, the word gay does not equate to, equate to a sexual predator. And I, I don't know. I, I really, I don't know. I don't want to say, well, I don't want to have gay members in the Boy Scouts because all of them are, are going to molest the little boys because I, I don't feel that way. I don't feel that, you know, gay doesn't equate to sexual molester. Yeah, it does. <clears throat> I don't care. No, it, it does. Yeah, it does. But, okay, I don't yeah, care yeah, what yeah, you say. Before, These are my yeah, thoughts about go. this. I don't care oh. what y'all say. My boy was in the Boy Scouts, and some of them dudes that were scout leaders and scout masters, man, they made me cringe. I don't like the way they sit up there. The way they look at them, some of them, not all of them, some of them. Rub you on your shoulder, pat you on your back, and all that stuff like, no, man, no, no. They should not have any adult supervising a kid if they gay. I don't care what you say, what you think. You can call me homophobic. You can call me whatever you want to say. No. No, sir. That's really, that's really being homophobic, you know what I'm saying? That's just being real and, and, and your opinion. And I'm going to pick it back off what Kevin said, to be honest. I don't care what you is, but don't come around flogging like that. Be appropriate in public. We don't have to know your sexual orientation. I don't care. If you're there to do a job, do a job. Don't come in, you know, being be yourself, but don't be like that. Like, you don't have us as straight people going around, yeah, I'm straight. I'm straight. I'm straight. We don't do that. If you're gay, be gay. It's okay, but don't force it on me. Like, don't come in. Well, what, if, what if he did force it on the kids? Oh, oh, they forcing well, it on. It's everywhere now. Yes, yes. Getting you, getting you to support their drive for movements and all that type of stuff. Like, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we're all one race. We're the human race. So, what if you had? What if you had a brother and your brother was gay and he wanted to to help out him, his little brother? I would tell him. I would tell him. Be a man in public. Do what you got to do in the bedroom, but be a man in public. There's two different things. So, so being gay that. makes you less of a man. Yes, sir. Look, look. As a young male, <laughs> as a young male, we are viewed as what the provider, being dominant, all of that. You know, being the strong person. I mean, I'm not saying no gay person is strong. I'm just saying. Um, you you know, are saying you that. Know, Look, I, I think there's a point that people are missing. To, go, go ahead, go ahead, Nick. Go ahead, Nick. This is this is the point that that you're missing. First and foremost, the listing the ban on gay, you're gonna have to go back in and do some serious investigating because it's been gay people in the Boy Scouts and it's been lesbians in the Girl Scouts ever since far back as as they've been around. I was a Boy Scout for a month and I got pulled out because our scout leader was the biggest sister you've ever seen in your life. But here's the here's the issue. The same reason that you would not have a gay troop leader for the Boy Scouts is the same reason that you would not have a male troop leader for the Girl Scouts. You would not put them in that position because a man is attracted to a woman. And you would not put him in a position where you have to go out and you're saying, you wouldn't put that man, Jen, let's be honest, if you had a daughter and she was in the Girl Scouts and you found out the troop leader was a man, how would you feel about that when it's like, oh, we're going to get their mothers? They're dead mothers. They're, they're mother. They're, if my little boy decides but to talk to me in the Boy Scout, I will be a dead mother. But Jen, the difference is you, you would not gay. be able to sleep. You would not be able to sleep in the camp with the boys. There are provisions mm-hmm. with those dead mothers. It's the same thing. I'm not same saying ban gay men from the um, from from the Boy Scouts, but there have yeah, to be provisions. 
Because at the end of the day, you have to look out for the safety of the children. If that person is attracted to the person to the type of people that he's over, there has to be provisions. He cannot be. And being a troop leader, you have to be there on those camping trips and sleeping and sometimes in the same bunkers with them. That's the issue with it. You would not have a man sleeping in the same bunker with a bunch of Girl Scouts. You sure can and nobody. You can sit there and try to defend it all day, but there's no one that can honestly say that they will allow that to happen. It's too much of a risk. How, how would a person her. know? How would a person know if you were gay? If you wasn't? I mean, I mean, I don't mind you expressing how you feel about somebody in public. It, it don't matter to me. But if it's a, if it's a touchy subject to you and you don't want people to know, or maybe you're coming out and you know you want to be this like that I am woman hit, hit me war type syndrome with the gay whatever. I mean, do what you got to do. But be appropriate around the kids that I. Have close contact with. You know, what I'm I ain't got time for all that. You know. Did you the, say I am woman? Hear me roar. <laughs> yeah, you know what that's, it is. That, 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 uh, that's the only way that, that I can fully explain it. I'm just saying. You know, like there's nothing on the application that says gay or straight. Check. No, the only way that that person will find out is how your tendency, the way you you know you associate with well, people. Well, a lot of people they, said they, they don't, don't want to hide anymore. You're right. They don't have a band. I mean, they're always been like gay members, but they're saying that mm-hmm. I should be able to be publicly out and open with my lifestyle and, and the way that I Who's am and, and be a, a influence on but, children. But then, when have they? I mean, seriously. Y'all talking about like okay? I understand they've been in the quote unquote closet. They ain't been flaming with it. You know what I'm saying? And let, let, let me state this first off. I don't have anything against gay people. But when you throwing it out there, you know, it's like, like basically, if if I got a scoutmaster and he want to, okay, this colors are green and brown, basically. What am I like with a scoutmaster with pink and, and powder blue on? Come on. That's the wrong oh signal right God. there. And I know that's real superficial of me to say that because of the clothing, but I don't want him... Like Nick was saying, I want my I want my son to look up at another man as well as me and see a man, not nothing else, not him, you I'll know, be hey y'all sisters and all that right there. No, not at all. And they do. Not all gay people are flamboyantly feminine. You no, know, not all, all gay men are flamboyantly feminine. They're not. They're not. Wait, they're, wait, not. Wait, wait, wait. they're not. They're not. They're not. But right. the ones that are the ones that get put in the public eye you know, on Worldstar and YouTube and all these other sites that a lot of people see is what? The flamboyant. flamboyant. And the ones that keep pushing the issue of flamboyant. Exactly. No, they're not. It was well, a priest. It was a priest, oh, a, a, um, a priest I saw on ABC News, and he was, you know, kicked out because he is openly gay, and he wanted to, you know, be a troop leader. How did he now, I understand what it says about, I agree. Like, if you are sexually attracted to that, you know, cause, because I wouldn't be allowed to sleep in the bunk with the boys. I, You know, I understand that point of view. But saying I just don't want you at all, what is, okay, take spend the night out of it. Take we're just sitting but there Jen, making knots. But, Jen, there are so many, it's particularly with the boys' house, there are so many areas of the Boy Scouts where those troop leaders have to be in more intimate settings with the boys. Yep. I'll give you a prime example. My daughter is a Girl Scout. There is only so much that I can do as a troop dad, even though I help out as much as I can, everything is right there in the public. We stand out uh, selling cookies, foul. That's mm-hmm. about it. That's about it. At the end of the day, and I think we need to move on from this, but at the yep. end of the day, it's still about the safety of the children. Still about the safety of the yeah, We may have to talk about this a little later, man. Oh, definitely. I, I had one thing I did want to get into. It was the um, Section 5 of the Voters' Writing Act. There's a couple of things I wanted to cover, and I know we're running short on time. Um, that and also the Mayan calendar. We still here. That's all I got to say about that. But what do you guys think about <laughs> <laughs> What do you guys think about the Section 5 of the Voters' Writing Act, the Voters' Writers' Voter the right man, you know what I'm saying. I want to hear Jen on this one first. Uh, yeah, hell yeah. I think that we should all be alarmed, and no one is being alarmed. Like the house is on fire, and everyone is sitting there. That's that's how I feel about the voter. You know, to give a little background, 
the Voting Voting Writers Act gives us protection, um, you know, for a government or a state entity. It it gives a check and a balance. Like a state can't just say, well, I want, if you don't have on blue today, you can't vote. You know, they have to clear all of their laws and regulations through a federal agency. This voting, you know, if that goes away, there's no check and balance. A state can make up anything. They can say if you have a blue today or you can have a polling tax or you can do this, you can do that. And so these are the same things that stopped us from voting, you know, way back, you know, in the from the time, you know, we were giving the vote voters right until they took it away. You know, that, you know, states would go in and say if you didn't pay your poll tax, if you didn't pay, you know, your car tax, if you didn't do this, they would take your rights away. And like I said, the house is on fire and no one is paying attention. This is very important. If they start taking our way because you know what? Latinos and African Americans have rocked the vote in the last eight years. We have changed the scope of America, and it scares the corporate America middle-aged white guy who who is used to, you know, decades and decades and decades of ruling America, and their reigns are being, you know, getting threatened, and so they're finding every single way to tighten their reins and, and to take away our right, and there'll be no more Barack Obamas, there'll be no more, you know, elections where we, you know, where people are speaking out for things that are important to us, and we have to, have to, have to call our local and state officials and make sure that this doesn't happen. The house is on fire. Hey, I could take it like this. There's it all right there. They gonna uh, <laughs> they gonna do whatever they gotta do to try to make it happen. They've been trying to do stuff like this for years, anyway. Ever since the Jim Crow law, they've been well, trying to. Scalia, me. man, Scalia, y'all gotta look at yep. that dude. Look what he just said. Mm-hmm. You know, racial entitlement. What the who? I mean, you gotta think about it, man. Women, this this law covers not just black people, not yep. just Latino. It covers everybody Everybody's that's been. Uh, 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 you know, discriminated against Everybody, Everybody. For white male. Except for But he want to yeah. say racial entitlement When has voting become an entitlement? When? That's alright As an American Man, y'all better watch that That's all I got to say about that Let's let's get a couple of topics out of here Before we get up out of here y'all. What, what else we got on the board? Um, well, we got the um, Of course the Rick Ross shooting him and uh, the Gangster Disciples been going back and forth. That's that. Uh, was hadn't heard anything recently from that, but you know, I hope they're not trying to make it into like it's going to be like another war, another so-called hip hop war. I'm hoping that that's not the case. Of course, the media that, is going to. That's a bad, bad combination of words because gangsters don't go with hip hop, and hip hop don't go with gangsters. Exactly. Thank you. You know what I'm saying. Hey, and and all this crap that these guys doing, Al, you know, just like I know quickly, and I'll say this. Every time we saw a video of them, those guys dissing Rick Ross, they always had a rap video right at the end. So it's right a bunch of mess for them to try yep. to get on. That's how I feel about it. Yep. 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 Well, I'm going to say this much on the subject. Um, I like Rick Ross musically. I like him musically, but I think Rick Ross is running into that same problem that uh, Plies ran into. And... When you try to portray a lifestyle that is not you, you have to be prepared to live with the consequences of your actions. Oh, yeah. And I, if you notice, you ain't heard much from Rick Ross since then. I ain't said a lot of protection. He's had a lot of protection. A lot of the same things that he criticized, and I know uh, Kevin will get on me about this, yeah. but you, you got to admit this, Kevin. <laughs> a lot of the things that he criticized 50 Cent about, he is now doing. Well, he I mean, hey, man, he's still a human. He's a guy beyond this whole persona of being a rapper. He's still a family man. He got kids. He got businesses. I mean, hey, self-preservation is the number one thing you got to do for yourself in this life. But it's just like Uncle Lou told him, you need to slow down with this. the thing about it. Rick Ross makes great music. He has a wonderful ear for music. Oh, yeah. He doesn't yeah. have to be in just that scope of, oh, I'm a gangster, I'm a gangster, I'm a gangster. Because you're not. It's just no, like we are said. talking about. I mean, it's, it's like the movies, man. You know, Al Capone was a drug kingpin. Arnold Schwarzenegger was a Terminator, and Rick Ross is a gangster. Come on, it's well, all the difference. The fake. difference is, you know, they give movies a lot more leeway than they give music. 
Yeah, that's only us. We're the only ones that sit up. Black people, and I will say this out loud on the air, black people are the only ones that give music that much life. And I said it. I can't agree. I can't agree with you because the federal government gave a whole bunch of life to uh, to hip hop in the early nineties, late eighties, early nineties. And they did that on purpose. But I'm just saying, black people, black people are the only ones. Man, you don't see nobody sitting up there listening to these country singers. My dog got shot. Oh man, I feel his because pain. They, they have <laughs> other directions because they choose other directions of people to look up at. Too. They, but, they you know, talk about we, we don't look up to the people, our leaders, other leaders that we could look up to. True that. True that. Yeah. Well, they immortalize the wrong people. Well, as as everyone out there can see that's listening to us live, man, shout out to Riding Dirty Radio, man, Big Vic XL, everybody that was listening online. We do appreciate everybody that's listening out there that may not be showing up on our board. But you know what? We do appreciate you guys. As you can see, there's a lot of things that we wanted to talk about while we were gone. And you can see the passion is still here. The energy is still here. We got a couple of shows coming up real soon for you guys, some new segments, new everything, new energy, everything. We're going to make sure we bring it to you guys. We are back. We're back, as Manny Fresh said. And I know it's a lot of things we still can cover, y'all. Man, boy, it just ain't enough time. I got to say one more thing before we get off the line, okay? What's that? Frank. Ocean Grammy performance. Sure. What the hell? <laughs> Man, Frank Ocean sounds like an old uh, organ. <laughs> Frank needs to sit down somewhere. Frank proved that he was not ready for that grand scale. Mm-hmm. And Frank let a lot of people hype his head up. Frank, Frank Ocean sounds like he was uh, drowning in the Pacific Ocean trying to sing. Nah, they I'm said he sounded like he gargled a baby goat. I'm gonna, are you stupid? I'm going to say this much, and I mean this with all my heart, because I know everybody that's on this line may not be a big Miguel fan, but Miguel saved what was otherwise could have been a horrible night, because Miguel got up there and he did a great job, and he got a standing ovation, and that was with half of the song and like half of the stage. But I'm going to say this, and this is the truth. Frank Ocean, he came and he did not deliver, and we ain't had that many black people on the Grammy since, I don't know, I thought I was at the Essence Festival for a second. Mm-hmm. Not, they have not covered that many black people on the Grammys in I don't know how long. And the way he closed that out is just completely it set us back about three or four years. Most definitely. Well, hey, we 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 just get, matter of fact, how about this? First show, first thing back, how about we dedicate this right here to Frankie, I'm going to lie on Chris Brown, Ocean. This for you, Frankie, for that performance. You suck, huh, boy? (laughs) All right, man. This Thursday, this Thursday, we will have Talk of the Town. Talk of the Town, we'll be back for all our entertainment heads out there, all the people that would like to get in and talk about all these, you know, new acts, old acts, things that are going on in the entertainment realm. Make sure you join us this Thursday at... 8 p.m. Eastern. 8 p.m. Yes, Eastern. Sir. 7 p.m. Central. Do we have to say it again? 5 8 o'clock. 8 p.m. Eastern. Yep, 5 o'clock Pacific. Right. You know I got that in there. Jen, Nick, <laughs> Al, what y'all got to say about weekend up out of here? Hey, hey man, we back. We're not going anywhere I'll show we back. Yeah, same old, same old. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like that. Everybody said it at the same time. That's that's. Well, I didn't right say because I, I, I let the men go first since, you know, I've been called, you know, a raging feminist by you all. So, you know, I let them walk ahead this time. Ain't nobody that. was that. weeks ago. We partying. Yeah, I'm talking about it. Y'all know what it is. The middle men shouted, Big Crit shouted. Now nah, I ain't sure what you was tuning in to. We'll pay attention to the real talk. What we here for, go take a listen. Time out, take a minute. Shout in and learn some. Put your mind to grind the world. You destined to earn some. Linda, yeah. Comment on what you hear. Let's figure out the master plan and put this thing in gear. Don't matter if you hood or you corporate. Don't get you got a will to do way better than you were doing. Well, then you fortunate. Take a stand. Stop complaining about what you ain't got. Hating on the next man because he was dying to wreck shop. Every Sunday, tune in. Go live 6 p.m. Blog Talk Radio.com. The middle me.
Come on, man. Come on, my God, man. Well, we out, y'all. Be back. Coming up. Thursday.